Thank you so much for being here on the next episode. Learn, grow, do, repeat with Jamie Tatino. Look, I created this podcast to be able to give back, connect with like-minded people, people like you, people like me, who are out there chasing those goals, chasing those dreams and turning them into a reality. Be sure to like, comment and share at the end of the episode. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Again, thank you for being here. Let's get into it. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the next episode of Learn, Grow, Do, Repeat with Jamie Tatino. So today I'm joined by a really good friend of mine, someone I've known for some time now, uh, what, three, four years maybe? Yeah, like I don't even know. Time flies, so it's probably been Time does fly, and years. especially when you're on the other side of the country, it makes yeah. it even, uh, even more distant. But uh, hey guys, I'm really excited to bring to you someone who's a real powerhouse uh, you know, across multiple industries, really, really dominating the e-com space uh, and now doing some really incredible things in the coaching and mentoring and mastermind space. A good friend of mine, everyone out there, let's welcome to the show, Jess Williamson. Welcome, Jess. Thanks, Jamie. I'm excited to chat and catch up a little bit as well. Absolutely. I like that. Catch up a little bit. I know we haven't really chatted for a while other than the first five minutes before coming online. Um, but hey, welcome to the show. I really appreciate it. Love seeing everything you're doing. Uh, I know we were probably in touch a lot more a couple of years ago, but now, you know, watching, you know, via social media, which is the, the best thing about it uh, and seeing what you've been able to do, it's, it's bloody awesome. It is absolutely awesome. A lot of respect, tons of respect. Um, not just saying that because we're on a podcast, like that's yeah. the, the <laughs> oh, truth. Oh, no, thanks, you know. Jamie. That means a um, lot. Nah, my pleasure, my pleasure. But hey, we do something special here called rapid fire questions at the start. I'm not too sure if you've done some research or not. I reckon you are the type to do research. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, I'm a yeah. bit of a, a Yeah, totally. I guess. I didn't ask. I normally don't tell anyone purposely, and then I'll ask them live on the show. It's like, did you do research? I want to know the answer. Um, but hey, we do some quick questions, quick answers, a good way for the listeners and myself to get to know a little bit more about you. Are you ready? Yep. I hope so too. <laughs> what is your favorite song right now, Jess? Favorite song right now? Uh, it's not really a recent song, but I do love the. It's like from the Honey soundtrack. You know, Honey from like. I, I know, know what song you're going to say, but yeah. The 1990s. I think the song's called Dreams by Gabrielle. Oh, okay. Dreams. That wasn't the song I was thinking from that movie, oh, but dreams. I like it. It's called Gabrielle and it's like at the end where they're all like dancing and having the best time. But it's just like I put it on before I have to go on any like speaking thing or it just gets you in the right mood. So Pumped. Yep. I like it. I like it. Good movie though. Good mm. movie. Yeah. Big fan <laughs> of that movie. Um, hey, I can say that. It's okay. I like Honey. I oh, it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Jessica no. Alba did a great role in that job, in that movie. <laughs> she did good. Uh, your favourite movie? Favourite movie? It's hard to choose a favourite movie. Um, when I was younger, I used to love She's the Man and I watched that like 50,000 times. <laughs> so <laughs> it's probably my most watched movie. Would you say that's your favourite? Yeah, it's a good one. But okay. I'm the kind of person, I never do, like, I hate watching shows more than once. Um, I always like adventure and new things and I can't even walk or drive the same route more than once. So <laughs> I think that one probably does win because I have watched it many, many times. A million times. Yeah. I love it. I love it. What's your favourite book? Favourite book. Here's a fun fact. The first time I ever read a book, I was 22 when I started oh. my first business. Wow. <laughs> because so what, school, you never that, read anything? Well, they made you read them, but I never, and even now, I don't really finish them. So I'll start them and then not really finish them. I don't know. My brain, 
I don't learn that way, I guess. I'm more of an so, auditory so you, learner. But okay. um, I do read a lot of books. I just don't finish them. So right now I've got about five on rotation. I'm reading <laughs> <laughs> Jay Shetty's book, um, yeah. you know, Think Like a Monk. That one's been quite good. I think I just love anything to do with mindset and business, really. I can't read a fictional book. Yeah, same, same. Can't stand it. So the, the next question, which isn't on rapid fire, and it's just a tailored question for you. Have you ever finished a book? <laughs> I have. Um, <laughs> okay, I have. cool. Yeah, I've finished some. I just have them on rotation for like a few years and then I'll eventually. <laughs> I love it. This is great. Read a book for like four years, read a, read a chapter a month, you know, just whenever you feel like it. I like it. Yep. I like it. Hey, what's your favorite color? Pink. I think that's pretty obvious. <laughs> Pink. I like it. Go to meal. Go to meal. Well, last year it was interesting because I realised I'm actually not meant to eat gluten, um, so I had a test. And so that's changed it up. So I always eat stir fries. It's like the easiest thing. It's got no True. gluten. Not my favourite thing, though. So, it's all right. Um, well, the question was your go-to. Go-to. So if you're yep. desperate, you're like, it's going to make something. Some veggies, whatever you nice. can find. Yeah. I like stir fries. Like you said, it's quite easy. You just, you know, mm. almost buy a packet of like, the, the mixed veggies, some chicken, some beef, some some tofu, whatever you're feeling, some sauce, yep. happy days. I like it. What's your favourite TV show, Jess? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, but, hey, reality TV is, like, my go-to. So right now I'm a little bit obsessed with Made in Chelsea, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and I always was watching the Kardashians, but they've finished now too. So, hey. <laughs> What's the world going to come to? No more keeping up with the Kardashians. What are we going to do? I know, right? <laughs> Someone's going to have to come out. Some celebrity will come out now with a new show that's going to take all those viewers. Yeah. I like it. What was your first job? Oh, McDonald's. I lasted about a week. Because oh, wow. They put me on chips 24-7 and no one ever trained me. And then on Thursday night, late night in the shopping centre, they thought, oh, Jess, can you just go on the tills? And then you get people yelling at you. And I was like 16. And so I was like, no, nah, this isn't for me. So for me. I quit after a week. And I think they so only got, I only did two shifts. <laughs> that was it. So if you're listening, train your team. Otherwise, they're going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> or they're going to burn their hand in the, in the deep fry oil trying to make chips. Yeah. <laughs> Who was your um, biggest celebrity spat slash sporting idol growing, growing up? I mean, to be honest, I never really had one. You know, everyone always had, like, the posters on their walls and things. I never really, like, connected with anyone, to be honest. So I don't know. Was there someone you looked up to? Was there someone you thought? I did have a scrapbook of Spice Girls and I cut out every, (laughs) like, every article about them. Um, But that I was, like, five when they broke up. So, um, sadly, that wasn't for long. But I was pretty obsessed with Spice Girls. Okay, okay. I like it. What was your, uh, or what is still your number one pet hate? Um, when people stand you up or they're late. I remember when I, I'm going to just, I'm just telling you everything right now, but I Absolutely. remember when I was like 12 and a friend bailed on catching up and I cried and oh, I've wow. like always had like this, I don't know. I was like, why did I even cry? But obviously it's been like, <laughs> this thing and it's probably something that I could rewire but I don't really need to rewire it because people should just be on time. <laughs> hey, I'm the same. It's like you, if I said look, we got our recording at this time, like 
it's this time or we're going to do dinner or we're going to go meet up here or we're going to leave at this time. Yep. I'm not going to mention any names, but my partner, sorry, I just gave it, she's the complete opposite. <laughs> it's all right. I I'm already like, know her name, so that's... Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, it's for the thousands of people who are going to listen. You, you, now you know something about May is that I'm the one that's here. It's 10 o'clock. Oh, we're going to go. She's like, it's only 10 o'clock. I'm like, that's right. It's 10 o'clock. Let's go. You can see I get you can see I get worked up, Jess. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you more of a book or audio book? Oh, look, I did say I was an auditory learner, but I just I'm probably like a podcast person, but I'm on like two times speed podcast as well. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, but I, I do it. I do try and read. It's like something that at least gives me no screen time and like a bit totally. more wind down time. So yeah, 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 yeah good. Okay, uh, summer or winter. Oh, summer, summer. Absolutely. Living in Perth, it's like, come on. <laughs> what is something you haven't done yet, Jess, that you really want to do though? Oh my gosh, I'm really waiting to go to the Greek islands. So, mm. um, you know, normally if I want to do something, I would have done it. So I would have, in a normal world, right, I would have said there's nothing because I would have done it. <laughs> um, but obviously right now I am waiting Totally. To go to the Greek islands. Totally. And I, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but who knows how long we'll be waiting. Yeah. You know? No, I know. Um, but hey, I'm sure when you get there, it's going to be absolutely amazing. The absolutely. best it's ever been. Uh, and it'll be all worth the wait. Hey, yep. some of your mindset, Jess, in one word. Some of my mindset in one word. Um, hmm. I don't know if this is, this is not one word, but it's kind of like, you can do anything or I I saw, you know, how Facebook gives you these memories and it said Mm -hmm. back in 2011, which I would have been 18 years old. I put up a status that said, if there's a will, there's a way. And I was like, 2011, Jess knew what's (laughs) up because that is kind of my motto now. I'm like, don't take no answer. Yeah. It's still relevant. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old, how young you are. It doesn't matter what year it is. Definitely. Still relevant. Uh, What is your proudest moment personally? And then your proudest moment professionally? I mean, they're kind of one, but I know they shouldn't, they shouldn't necessarily be, but they're kind of one. I think my proudest moment was going to New York Fashion Week um, in my first year of business. Um, but at the time, I didn't celebrate it. Like, I just was like, I'm here, I'm doing it, go back home. Now I look back and I'm like, why did I not, you know, acknowledge it and celebrate it? But I think that was something huge because in your first year of business, I mean, now, now I kind of do those things on the daily, like say yes to pretty crazy stuff. But then it was kind of a pretty big thing. Big, yeah. Like you said, business. in the first couple of months of being in business, yeah, to end up on the other side of the world in one of the most well-known fashion shows ever. Mm, definitely. You know, um, but I, I like the way you framed that in saying, you know, looking back, you can, you can see how far you've come. You're like, well, there's, there's, a, there's, there's reason to celebrate that. Like that's a huge achievement. Uh, instead of just going there, getting the work done and coming back and keep hustling. But I can also understand that side of it too, the excitement yeah. of it, the, hey, I'm only five months in business and I've just been to New York and back, let's go, mm-hmm. you know, which, is, um, which is incredible. Uh, tell us something, Jess, that no one knows about you. It's hmm. hmm. a hard one. I feel like I'm a bit of an open book, but I guess at the same time, I mean, even with social media and things, everything's, I guess, quite orchestrated well one thing that people probably don't know which is probably a bit random but um (laughs) my granddad made his own country within Australia so um technically he was he had a principality the first one to do it in Australia and then they changed the law that you can't do it anymore um but yeah so technically in that sense I'm a princess but a lot of people you know (laughs) have their own opinions on that 
does he still technically have his own country or do they take the, like, the paper away from him that says well, that? Like, is it technically still there? Uh, it is still there, but he's passed away now. So, um, yeah, lots of challenges with that. <laughs> but, yeah, um, unfortunately, you know, the family didn't want to continue it on. So um, it's a lot of work. It is everything. definitely something I think a lot of people would not know. Yeah. I but think so too. I mean, he's, he's travelled internationally <laughs> on his passport from his country. Like other countries recognise it, Australia doesn't. So it's interesting. That is incredible. That's almost like another whole topic there. Like we could spend oh, hours. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got so many questions. It's like, who do I talk to about opening my own yeah. country? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, they've changed the laws now, but. <laughs> Don't worry. We can, we can have a conversation with them. Yep. All good. All good. Uh, I love that. That's, that's really good. That's probably one of my favourite answers. Oh, I like God. it. that <laughs> owned his own country, had his own country yeah. within a country. That's incredible. Because yeah. you know I how Monaco, it. you know, Monaco, totally. it's, the yeah. same. it's the same thing. It's like a principality in, inside of a country. So. Totally. Inside France, yeah. But that's still there, whereas your yeah, granddad's yeah. isn't. So there's a problem. Exactly. When we back. Him, I was seven years old and we got a private tour of the Monaco castle because they knew my granddad. So um, <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> I think we just end rapid fire right now. We just spend yeah, an we'll, hour we'll talking about this. <laughs> Yeah. I like it. I like it. Hey, if you could choose to have lunch with any one person in the world, anyone, past, present, anyone, anyone, who would it be and where would you do it? Where would I do it? That's my first part. I'm like, where would I do it? (laughs) I'm like obsessed with Hawaii. So I'd be like, let's go just have a picnic on the beach somewhere in Hawaii. And um, who am I going to invite? It's hard to choose one. It's really hard to choose one. Hmm. Can't can't choose one. I would say Chris Jenner. All right. Because people can say what they want, but she is freaking a genius. So absolutely, um, I agree. I would take her. Yep. So much knowledge there. Uh, yeah. So much learnings to be had. I like it. I like it. Two questions to go. What was ten-year-old uh, Jess like? Um, pretty argumentative. Um, my parents would say, bossy. Um, I'd be organising the whole household and telling everyone when they need to do what. Um, yeah, that's that's probably a 10-year-old. True-born true born leader. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Last one, last one. Your favourite superhero. Favourite superhero. I remember being asked this and I just came up with Wonder Woman because she was like the only female one. but. To be honest, I don't know if I really like superheroes that much. Who was your favourite movie character or favourite, I want to be like that one day? I mean, if we go back to the Spice Girls, it would have, would have been Baby Spice <laughs> if she's a superhero. <laughs> In your world, if she's a superhero, then it counts. Yep. yep. <laughs> we'll roll with it. Hey, Jess, that is rapid fire. Well done. You got through it. You can absolutely put that on your resume now. Yeah. Well recognized around uh, the globe as a rapid fire completion. Hey, thanks so much for that. Now, look, you're an award-winning business owner. Um, You've done some pretty incredible things. We spoke about the business going to New York Fashion Show. You know, that was incredible. And that's when I was sort of, I knew you in the peak of that. Um, And I still do know you. I don't know why I said knew you. Um, I think that's when we first met. We first met in the peak of that. Uh, and you've recently sold it. Um, talk a little bit about that. Like, how did you get into e-com? How did you get into the swimwear range? 
you know, how did that come about? Why did you decide mm-hmm. to do it? And how did you end up at fashion, New York fashion show? Like there's like four questions there. And yeah. I know you're, you're capable all of right. answering them. <laughs> I'll, I'll put them all together. So I, I've always wanted to start my own business when I, you know, you graduate high school and you're like, okay, I'm going to uni now because I just thought, well, I don't want to do a trade. So I guess I've got to go to uni, right? Cause what I need a piece of paper. That's a whole other <laughs> topic. Um, so <laughs> I decided I'm going to go study management because I decided at the age of 17, I'm going to be a CEO. So I better study management. And I'm just like, that wasn't even a thought like, can I be a CEO? Should I? Like, I was like, I'm going to be a CEO. So what should I study? Probably management would be good. And I studied marketing as well. So I've always had this kind of like n- no limit mindset. Um, and then I found myself working in marketing but, you know, as a young, you know, person starting out in, in the corporate world, you get undermined and overlooked. And, you know, Absolutely. I knew that I was capable of so much more. And I was like, can you stop putting a cap on me? Like, you know, I, I've got so much more to do. So I thought I've always loved fashion and I wanted to work in fashion marketing. Um, but the challenge with that is most of them are over in Melbourne. And secondly, getting a job in fashion is almost a catch-22 because it's like, they want you to have experience in fashion, but then if you don't have experience in fashion, how do you get experience? And then it's just like <laughs> never ending. So I thought, well, hey, I'm going to start my own business. I thought maybe swimwear, maybe clothing, maybe homewares. At that time, I used to just make Instagram accounts for fun, grow them to like 5,000, 10,000 followers and then make a new one. So I had an interior design Instagram where I'd share all Australian brands and I had 5,000 followers and I thought maybe I'll do homewares, but then I just... I can't even remember logically why I chose swimwear, but it makes sense because I love traveling. I wanted to do fashion, um, but never did it cross my mind. That's probably the hardest one to do because swimwear has to fit more perfectly than clothing. People have body (laughs) conscious issues, plus buying it online. I didn't think about it. I was just like, I'm doing this. I'm going to make it a global brand. Off I go. Um, So I was working full-time for the whole first year of running the business. And I pretty much just was like, all right, what do I need to do? I need a manufacturer. All right, I'll contact 100 manufacturers until I find one that can do the quantity I need. And then I thought, what's next? Instagram, I'll start an Instagram. What's next? So it was just like, what's next? There was never logically, should I be doing this? Or, totally. or why am I doing this? You I just, just really like, went after it. What's next? So um, flew to Melbourne, did my first photo shoot. And that is a huge lesson in itself. I, that's just logically. I knew that, you know, I used to watch America's Next Top Model. I was like, you've <laughs> got to have a good model. You've got to have a good photographer, good shoot. Um, so I went all the way to Melbourne because there was a specific photographer there who could do the style that I wanted my brand to be known for. And so I couldn't find that in Perth. So I went all the way to Melbourne um, and found a good model there as well. And I think that accompanying with the Instagram, you know, I was building that up for six months before I launched. That's why I got invited to New York Fashion Week. I'd literally launched my business one week before I got the email to go to New York Fashion Week. And obviously I thought it was a scam to start with, Um, (laughs) but it was true because it was an Australian showcase. They were looking for brands and I'm pretty, I don't know, but I'm assuming they found me on Instagram. Um, And the fact that my photos made the brand look like you know, it could be alongside those brands that have been around, yeah. around for a long, long time. So that is the number one thing for any product-based business, photos. Otherwise, if you've got bad quality photos, people assume that your business is bad quality or your products are bad quality. So yeah. I think 
it wasn't strategic, but now that I look back, I'm like, that's why this happened. Um, so, yeah, I got the email about New York Fashion Week and I remember sitting at my desk in my full-time job and I told my two friends who knew about what I was doing and I was like, I think this is a scam, but I'm going <laughs> to, you know, jump on the call and see anyway and checked out. And then within six months I was in New York Fashion Week walking down that runway after my designs had been shown and there was actual celebrities in the audience. Like it was so surreal. It's like they're looking at me. I'm meant to be looking at them. It's just backwards. So it was pretty cool. Um, so how old were you when you started this business? I was 22 when it launched Yeah. Um, yeah. in 2016. So, yeah. yeah. It's absolutely incredible. Like, and I, I just love the naivety about it where it's like, what's next? Photos. What's next? Model. What's mm. next? Well, I need to go to Melbourne. What's next? Need a build of social media. Um, how did you get into the original social media? Of just be, was that just for fun? Like you know, how you said you built Instagram pages, like and then you yeah, sold them off or like, whatever you did with them. Something for fun. I mean, uh, when I graduated uni, it's hard to get a job because again, everyone wants the experience and you don't have any. Totally. Um, although I did, but that's another story, I guess. <laughs> um, but what was challenging was like. I found a real passion in digital marketing. Like mm. I didn't want to do normal marketing. I wanted to do totally. digital. So I did my own learning like for months and months until I got a job. I got myself certified in Google ads. I got myself certified in all these extra things. They don't teach you in uni, which is totally. pretty useless. Which is, yeah, um, random. <laughs> so yeah, don't teach you any digital stuff whatsoever. Um, and so I just used to love Instagram. It was just like a platform that I enjoyed and you know, because I didn't have a business. I just started making all these accounts and trial and error. And back then the strategy was like, there was this little timestamp that said two hours, but before two hours, it's, I think it said per minute. So as soon as it ticked over to two hours, that was the strategy. You do another post and you do another post. So every two hours I was posting. Wow. Um, I was on there 24 seven on Instagram um, to build it up, you know, so and these were those awesome. other pages, like the, the interior design and just yep. other things. So it wasn't your business yet. It was just yep. you learning yourself even outside of mm. uni what digital marketing is and what it can be and then building it. Mm. Okay, cool. And that's okay. kind of why I started the business, not because I mm. wanted to be a fashion designer. I just like fashion. I like doing totally. photo shoots. I like doing the marketing for it. And I loved Instagram. So I was like, let's put it all together. But to be honest, the designing part was probably 2%. You know, a lot of people start fashion businesses. They want to be a designer. That's 2% yeah. of your business. No one cares yeah. about your designs if they don't know about them. So and if they can't see them or buy yeah. them or see them on celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. For you at the time, so being 22, you launched this business. Like you said, you're in that marketing space where no one was really giving you the opportunity. They kept putting a you know a ceiling on you and not letting you really pursue what it is that you wanted in uni you didn't really learn what you wanted to learn about digital marketing you wanted to really go down that path so you went and did the google stuff yourself what do you think was the biggest challenge at that time because i'm guessing there's probably going to be even your following now it's predominantly females younger females who are either getting into business or want to get into or are in business um at the time you being a 22 year old not knowing what you know now like, what was your biggest challenge when i started the business you mean hmm um, yeah. I think the biggest challenge was like burnout. <laughs> um, so after the first year I hit like adrenal fatigue, my mindset was pretty shot and I didn't have any coaches or mentors or anything. So I was just going a million miles an hour, hating the job, 
like put a lot of these rules around the fact that I had to stay at this job for no reason. Like I was living at home. There was no reason why I had to stay there. Um, but we create these rules for ourselves. And so even though my mindset was pretty expansive and pretty great, um, I sacrificed, I wasn't eating anything. I, you know, spent all my money, um, you know, everything else fell to the wayside and it was just business 24 seven. So that's probably was the biggest challenge, but also the biggest learning that I've had. Um, and I think we've all learned that even more this past year. So Absolutely. yeah, that's really where my priority is now is yeah, <laughs> health yeah, and totally. well-being, and then business after that. It's funny is when you have that realization where you think it has to be a hundred percent business and a hundred percent hustle because it looks good and sounds good. And everyone wants to talk about how they're hustling and, you know, doing whatever they're doing. But I think when you have that realization, you realize that there is nothing more important or attractive or empowering than actually having a clear mindset know that you've eaten well know that you've rested well know that you're turning up to the, to the day at like a hundred percent capacity i don't know i don't know if you agree but like me I, I love that feeling of not i'm going into the day at my like best mm-hmm. you know yeah, and yeah. whether i finish whether i post whether i do a 11 o'clock p.m finish or a seven o'clock p.m finish or a five o'clock p.m finish it doesn't really matter yeah you know um so i love that i love that you built such a large following online in the business and you had some sharing there now experience. I guarantee you there's going to be someone listening, more than someone, multiple people listening saying, yeah, but I don't know how to get an Instagram page to 5,000 people. I don't know how to do digital marketing. It's easy for Jess because she went to uni and studied marketing, you know, and she did the whole university thing and she learned and it's easy for her now. Going back to speaking to someone at that age who Again, because the question should never be, what are you doing now, Jess? The question mm-hmm. should be, like, what did you do then? Yeah. So what did you do then starting well, the out? I did. And the reason why I was building up those Instagram accounts is, firstly, I guess you've got to know your strengths and weaknesses. But when you're first starting out, you do kind of have to do everything. And so a lot of people just say, too hard, not even going to try. The thing is, you never, I would have never, I didn't get taught. No one taught me how to do Instagram or how to... Look, literally, I'd had zero experience in manufacturing, zero experience in Mm, business. mm, I had no mentors, no online course. I didn't have any knowledge whatsoever. Even the marketing knowledge that I had was corporate marketing. It's different to small business marketing because I was managing half a million dollars budget every single month on Facebook ads. Like I don't have half a million dollars every (laughs) month. Um, You know, in my startup. So I tried some of the strategies that I was using in my job didn't didn't go well like it was a waste of money so I just figured everything out if I didn't know we live in a day and age where all the info is out there either on Google or you know other mentors or coaches or people who have done it before all the info is out there so for anyone to say I don't know how and use that as an excuse that's the worst excuse ever because (laughs) like it doesn't 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 work anymore it doesn't work anymore so I just trial and error trial and error like I don't know how to manufacture. Well, I'm not going to look for the right way to do it. I didn't go to fashion design school. I'm just going to like literally the way that I sent my designs was on a spreadsheet with arrows and diagrams. I didn't draw up proper patterns like fashion design students would say you had to. Guess what? I ran the business for five plus years with super high quality swimwear and I didn't do it the right way. (laughs) Like there's no right way in life or business. And I think People keep looking for the right way. Just freaking make it up. I made everything up. (laughs) Are you looking for that next book? Maybe something to help you take control and remove those barriers to ultimately see you achieve what you were destined for? 
Be Great, a book I wrote that dives deep into building the self-belief and mindset and also touches on the six key elements to achieving greatness. It's easy to consume and to take action on. Get your signed copy today at www.begreatthebook.com. Enjoy. You're like almost exactly like me. You know, yeah. you're like, you know what? There is no way. You know, I love people who say, oh, once I've once I've learned a bit more knowledge, I'll create the content, or once I've done a little bit more of this, I'm, I'm I'll be ready to go. Like once you get to that stage, you'll be another excuse that you come up with. Yeah. Like the best time to do it is right now. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to know everything because mm-hmm. no one, you know, two years ago, no one knew we'd be in lockdown for, for two years. Mm-hmm. You know, so you could never have planned for that. Definitely. So yeah. moving forward now, like you just. Get in the game. Yep. I love it. We're like speaking the same language here, Jess. I <laughs> awesome. love it. And all the, all the listeners are going to be like, okay, cool. So it's, technically, would you still use some of the similar strategies now than what you did to start the business, to still start another brand? Like if, if you were going to work with a client, and which you do with your lawyer coaching uh, and mentorship you do now, are some of the strategies similar or is it a bit different? Obviously, times have changed, but is it still the same foundations? Yeah, pretty much the same foundations. I think it's in the way of the way that you think about things you know yes that you don't have to post on Instagram every two hours to get the following you know there's a different strategy now but it's the same way of thinking you know Mm. what is my goal where am I going to focus my energy to get the most results and and just do it I want to talk a bit more about e-com because I think that's going to you know sort of lead into what you're sort of saying because again you can set up an e-com business in like an hour Mm. now you know, um, and they've made it easier than ever before to do so. Yep. So there really is no excuse to set up a Shopify site, run some ads, or even don't even have to run ads, just start promoting mm-hmm. online um, and utilizing your network already. Let's break it down a little bit because I want, I'm, I'm always very interested in e-com. I'm always trying to learn a little bit myself around mm-hmm. the whole industry. So what did it look like from when you started to, so zero income, no rent, like you haven't sold anything yet to when you started to say make a thousand bucks a month? Mm. So then when you went from a thousand a month to say five thousand, mm. like what were the differences? Like what were the jumps? And then from five thousand to say ten thousand, then ten thousand to say twenty thousand. Like what were the significant differences? Like what was a mindset shift that you had to make to say, cool, I'm not making any revenue, now I'm making a thousand. Mm. Now I'm making a thousand, I want to get to five thousand. Like what were the levels that you feel at the time you had to the hoops, so to say, you had to jump through to get to that next level? Yeah. Um, a few things. I mean, for me, because I'd done so much work before the launch, it was good because I was getting orders, but I think especially now, this is a big problem that I see people having in product-based businesses is TikTok, right? People watch TikTok and they're like, why am I not making 50,000 orders? I just launched like yesterday. I geared up for launch. I made the launch. And then where is everyone? I'm like, no, no, no. The work starts after you launch. The launch is when the start line is. So I think that's a big, big mindset shift that I think is more relevant or prevalent now because of TikTok, Reels, things. Mm -hmm. Yes, some businesses go viral on there. That's not a sustainable business model. They Mm -hmm. they could lose that virality any time. So for me, I was doing maybe two orders a week max for like six months for a good long time because with any any business it kind of happens exponentially you know one person tells two people two people then tell two people you know it happens like that so compounds yeah um you've got to persevere and i think people are in this instant gratification culture where they're like hey they just launched and they made you know $50,000 and then they give up 
they give up. Like my clients all the time, they come to me and they're like, Jess, contacted two people. They said no, no one wants it. I'm I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, I contacted 5,000. I sent 5,000 emails to get my first major stockist and and that was over a whole year as well. So I think that is the biggest thing um, that is just persevering at every single stage and things start to happen. But in terms of the things to get over at each stage, I think, you know, from day one, I ran it as a global business. And that's something that I don't think people understand either. They started as a hobby and wonder why it doesn't get any further than a hobby. If you started as a hobby and your mindset says it's a hobby and your systems and your marketing and everything says it's a hobby, you'll never be a a global, you know, scaled business. So you've got to decide from day one, this is going to be a global brand. That's pretty much what I said to myself. Yes, some people might think it's like obnoxious or naive or whatever you want to call it, but until you decide that it's going to be that, then your actions can't be anything else. And that's why I was invited to New York Fashion Week. Why, you know, because I did the photo shoot. I said, hey, I'm going to make this a global brand. And, you know, I did the actions that made it happen. So for me, it was kind of the same mindset the whole way through because I decided it was a global brand from day one, whether I was making two orders or 2,000 orders or however many, you know. Um, But what changed for me was, probably the biggest part. So when I quit my full-time job in the first month, business grew 500%. Um, Just because of where you put your energy and you have more time and creativity and mind space. So yes, not everyone quits their job and the business goes 500%, but it does show that where you put your energy, the results will come. So that was the, the first thing. But I ran it for at least two to three years by myself. I'm a pretty efficient person. I, I'm pretty fast at things. Um, like my one day is probably someone's whole week worth of work, but um, I ran it all myself for a long, long time. Um, and then for, and then I got people in, you know, when I need to, to help me pack and things because that took up a bit of time. But um, then the next step was, I guess, me stepping out of it more. So I started, you know, or other businesses and I was just like there's no time for things so that was the next mindset so that's when I had to really process driven everything like everything was in super detailed processes because I was then flying I was on a plane every three weeks so I wasn't there to pack the orders I wasn't there to Mm. reply to every customer you know all of that so everything was in processes anyone could pick it up and off they go and that was probably the best thing that I ever did. Firstly, for my own freedom. Um, but secondly, True. when it came to selling the business, I didn't have to stay on with the business and have a massive handover period. The business was a manual, like pick it up, off you go, you know. So the, getting the processes, outsourcing tasks, getting people on board to to manage the day-to-day, you know, runnings of everything, and then I just became the overseer. For probably the last two to three years, I was the overseer. Um, but I used to say to myself, look, it doesn't take up any of my time. But when I thought about it, I was like, one to two hours a day is still time, you know, like totally. answering a couple of questions here, seeing things there, um, making sure stuff's on track. Still one to two hours a day, which felt like nothing, but it's a lot of time to get back. It's a full day by the end of the week. Yeah. And even just the brain space that it took up. So... That's kind of, you know, where I found my passion more so in my coaching and, and things like that. And 
I just knew that when you lose your passion for something, you almost stop trying in a way. And then, you know, it's probably going to go downhill eventually. So um, it was still ticking along profitably, like doing quite well, but my heart wasn't in it. It was taking up brain space. So for me, it was just time to, to move on. So a few different stages. Um, I like it. But yeah. I like what you said there about, you know, you went into it with a global mindset, you know, and that isn't for everyone and that's mm-hmm. totally fine. You know, maybe someone is wanting to create a hobby and that's mm-hmm. totally fine, you know. Um, but if you are wanting to go, if you are going into something knowing you want to make it a full-time thing or a global thing or a nationwide thing or a well-received thing, then that has to be the mindset. I love what you said there about like small businesses and hobbies, you know. Mm-hmm. Even for me going into our into where we are now, brushed by the vines. Like we never went into it thinking that it's going to be a startup or a or a side hustle thing. Mm-hmm. Like it was always going to be a nationwide, if not global thing. Hence, why similar to yourself, we got great results so quickly. And it's funny how that mindset stuff plays a massive part. Because if you think about it, like if that's how you're thinking, that's how you're going to speak. That's how you're going to turn up. That's how you what you said earlier. The energy. Yeah. If your energy is saying that, hey, we're a global brand, then people that are engaged with you will be like, wow, these guys are on the big stage they're doing the real the right things they're doing the real things you know mm-hmm. um, I love it I love it so for you now selling that was it like selling a baby like I know you said there that you just knew that it was the right time mm-hmm. to sell was it hard to sell how did that process come about did someone come to you did you go putting it out there yeah so any, I, any learnings on that any tips advice strategies you can give on the whole selling yeah econ business yeah so I kind of my heart hasn't been in it for a little while I mean I'd been focusing on my coaching a lot more for the past you know two or three years um and and growing that up but for me my heart wasn't in it anymore and I was feeling kind of like tired and you know like my energy wanted to be elsewhere and so I didn't want to grow resentful to it so for so long I was like well I want to sell it but I don't know how or I knew how but I didn't know where the hell to find a buyer um, mm-hmm. for, for something like this because you know a lot of business investors they want to invest in a business like tech or something where they put in their expertise but with this you almost need a female part of it because we actually design the products we're not a drop shipping business so that is super mm-hmm. important um, to find someone right and it, it kind of I likened it to like a breakup. When you're in it, you're like, oh, I just want to get out of it. And then when you, when the time came, when I had a buyer and and they put in an offer and I was accepting it, I was just like, oh, but all the good times. And you got to go on this twilight room <laughs> your head. All the memories. Yeah. yeah definitely. Um, so yeah. it was almost bittersweet, but it was time, you know. It's, it's closing that chapter and moving on. And I think these days we don't get a job and do it until we retire you know as millennials we we chop and change and I think that part of my life you know served its purpose because I wouldn't be here as a coach if I didn't have that so I think it was really awesome it was lots of fun so many awesome highlights and and things that I can say that I did but for me it was just time and so I knew I, the number one question I got is like, well, if it was profitable and you weren't spending much time, why not just keep it? But like I said, I'd lost the passion and I wanted to give it to, I got it to a certain point. I wanted to hand it over to someone who had a newfound energy, new ideas, you know, and really could give it the energy that it deserved to continue to scale it. Otherwise, it's just going to start going down. Yeah. And it's, and that's super important as well. And, and it's, you know, courageous by you to sort of realize that, hey, it's not, serving not so much not serving me but it's not my passion it's not my purpose it's not 
what I wake up being like, yes, I want to do this now, you know? Um, and you obviously found that in the coaching side of things as well, which is, um, which is awesome. So how did the whole coaching thing come about? Like, how did that, so you obviously started coaching while you were in the business still. Mm-hmm. When, how did that come about? Why did coaching come about? Like, where did you find that hunger to do it? Mm. So, yeah, I hadn't really, like I said, I kind of just made up my whole journey. So I hadn't really had many coaches and things. And, you know, five years ago, I mean, there was a couple of main coaches, you know, in the world, but, you know, now it's quite prevalent and people know the need of coaches. But for me, it was it was kind of when I was doing a meditation once and an idea just came to me and I didn't meditate. So this was like quite painful for me. And my brain was like, I've got to do this. Like, this is just taking too long. But anyway, I kept coming back to it. And an idea came in my head and it was like, you need to share your knowledge and your, you know, what you've done with other young females. Cause I was like, well, there's no young females doing this. There might be some females out there, but they, they weren't someone that I really related to, you know, Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, That's and, all right. and so I that that idea came to me, and then you know we had a we had a mutual coach at the time as well, and that's kind of how we met. And he's just sort of offered me this opportunity to to go through the coaching certification. So um, I did that, and that was really informative, and I was really found that really interesting. But I think for me, being a coach has really evolved. And when I first started. I wasn't the best coach. Like I was just, you know, people came to me and they're like, Jess, how did you grow your business? Hey, I did it like this. Off you go. That's not a coach, you know. So that's just me being a mentor or telling them this is what I did so you could do it too. But I've done a lot of my own self-development and, and learning and really I've done a lot of other certifications and different things and I've really found my passion now. And I think that's just come through self-discovery as well. But I've really found my passion now in helping people in the mindset space and getting out of their own way. But I couple that with my expertise in digital marketing and expertise mm. in different business models as well. But, you know, I really am passionate about the mindset side of things, but in a practical way, because I don't think there's any point meditating all day and not doing anything about it. Like you're not going to grow 100%. your business. So it kind of happened 100%. naturally, but I feel like now after, you know, that, that process, um, I feel like I'm now where I need to be, you know. Yeah, good. Found my purpose. So obviously the 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 business gave you some really valuable business experience and knowledge and how to communicate with people, how to find, you know, manufacturers overseas, how to handle team members, how to handle the no's, how to handle the frustrations. Because I think being a small business owner then building up to a medium sized business, like you definitely have to learn those skills for yourself. Like not even to be able to pass it on to other people, but like it's a very resilient world in, in the business world, you know? Um, and like you said earlier, people just quit pretty quickly. So if you can push through, there's a lot, lot of good learnings there that you can take on to other parts of your life. For you as a coach now and mentor and, and the mastermind you run, what, what, is, what can someone expect? Like, is it really more tailored to the, the e-com? Is it more broad? Like, what can someone expect from Jess when they're like, you know what, I actually want to go learn a bit more about myself or about my mm-hmm. business like. What can they expect from you? Yeah, so the one thing that I'm really driving home, like on my podcasts and in my coaching, I do focus a lot on one-on-one, but that only allows me to reach so many people, obviously. Um, but I love one-on-one because I am more of an introvert. I like doing one-on-one. But also I tried a mastermind model and I didn't love it because 
I don't think one size fits all really is an approach. You know, you can have a course and you might find people who can gain something from that. But most of the time, business owners don't know what their problem is. So they're going out doing marketing courses and doing this and that. And I'm like, can you stop? Because that's not, can you stop? Because that's not what you need to be doing. Um, And they come to me like, yes, can we talk about email marketing? And I'm like, yeah, I know about email marketing, but I'm not talking about that today. We're talking about this because the biggest thing that I see as a problem is firstly mindset, but also most people aren't actually clear on their goals. They see, oh, I want to start an e-com, scale it, be global. And I'm like, why? Why do you want that? Because you saw someone else on Instagram doing it or you think that's what success <laughs> is. And so people oh, actually have the hardest time defining what they truly want out of life and business. So I help them actually pull that out because they usually know, but they don't consciously know. It's in their totally. subconscious. So I like to work with them on that first because – if they just came to me and they're like, yes, I want to grow global, great. And we could do that. I could get them there. But they're not going to get there if it, if it you know, harms other areas of their life or you know, things like that. So I make sure that we actually dig deep. And I ask them some pretty hard questions. Like, they don't always love it. But we get to the bottom of it because then we've just saved you 20 years of doing something that you actually didn't want to do. Totally. Um, totally. And now we can create the direct path to get there. So... I work on that, which is a lot of mindset and things on that. And then we create a roadmap of actually, we don't need to overcomplicate shit. You don't need to be doing SEO. You don't need to be doing 50,000 things that all the experts online are telling you to do. Let's simplify it. I told one girl, just don't even bother about your reels today. Yes, reels are great strategy on Instagram for some people and some goals. But I was like, hey, don't worry about reels because it's wasting your time and the reels are not bringing in new money right now. Let's put our energy into this. What's actually going to get you those goals. So that's kind of how, how my question works. How it sort of goes around. Self. But I love that, like, cause like you said, like you can watch something today and they're saying, yeah, reels are the way to go. So everyone's like, let's go and do reels. And then tomorrow it's like, no, you got to focus on your EDMs. Like that's the way to go. Oh, okay, cool. Let's go to EDMs. And then it's like, no, I don't know. You need to have lumpy mail. Okay, cool. Well, let's send something out to all of our, our clients. And then before you know it, like you said earlier, you're not doing anything consistently. You're not being resilient. You're not turning up daily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like what you said there just about the mindset side of it because I think people bury that, push that aside. Oh, no, 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 that's my mindset. It's got nothing to do with my business. My business is over here. Little do they know that like 99% of your mindset, 100% of your mindset is going to impact your business because yeah. it's still you. Exactly. <laughs> still the same person. Yeah, because I've had um, some discovery calls. You know, Before I take on any clients, I have a discovery call. And um, one lady was like, oh, she obviously didn't know me enough, which that's not, you know, Ideal. <laughs> Not ideal anyway. Um, but she said, I don't need the fluffy stuff. I just want someone to give me strategies. I don't want the fluffy mindset. And I thought, look, this is not going to be the right fit, right? Because <laughs> totally. you're not prepared to work on yourself. It's definitely not fluffy. It's usually the hardest thing. And that's why people call it fluffy or they avoid it because it's actually pretty hard to stop and have a look at yourself and, and see. Well, it's easy to ignore it because yeah. it's like, well, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. I was going to make sure I do better copywriting or I've got to make sure I create something nicer on Canva that I can post. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, that, yeah. that come to me and they think, yeah, I've got a pretty good mindset. And I, you know, they sound like they've got a pretty good mindset anyway. They get about two sessions in and there's like something that they're just not doing. And I'm like, this is yeah. either because your goal is not actually what you want or, you know, there's some sort of misalignment of mindset or roadblocks mm. or limiting beliefs, whatever mm. it is. So every single person that I've ever come across, 
needs it. You need it. Has something. I give and people I love strategies it. and they don't do it mm. because... <laughs> there's something there and I love that a lot of the time people don't even know that there's something there so like if you're listening now you're like there's there's something that you know I know I've got to do better reels or I know I've got to go camera face the camera and and do videos every day to talk about my brand or promote myself or whatever it is Um, but it's only until you get questioned like you said you you get someone in your corner start asking you the hard questions or challenging your processes or challenging your beliefs and thoughts that you start to realize shit you know where did I adopt this fear or where did I you know bring this into my world that's stopping me from doing whatever it is that you need to do. I completely agree. Like having a coach, mentor, advisor, someone in your corner is like, mm-hmm. and again, me also being a coach mm-hmm. as well, like, of course, I'm going to be biased and say that because I've seen, so have you, you've seen the, the, the benefit it can have on someone. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing, I don't think there's anything better than working with someone for 12 months, two years, and then seeing how far they come and then yeah. them coming to you and saying, wow, I don't think I ever would have done it without you. Yeah. You know, and, I think and I'm sure you get that every day. The biggest thing that I find, like the feedback from my clients, you know, they're like, yeah, Jess, I gained some business growth. That's great. But the biggest thing that I hear is I now believe in myself. I now yeah. believe that anything is possible. And I'm like, Love that, that is something that, you, you know, you can take into anything you do. That that self-belief mm. is just the biggest it's lesson priceless. I can do. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's even goes well outside the business mm-hmm. world. You know, it goes into your relationships and your self-love most yeah. importantly as well. You know, what would you say, Jess, would be a couple of tips? You know, if you want to more direct to the, the e-com world, you know, if I'm going to do coaching with you, someone's listening is like, you know what, I want to really go and work with Jess. What are some key areas? I know you touched on it, like mindset, but what are some real things that people can say, you know what, I can do this right now. Like I can end this listening. I can end listening to this episode. And be like, I'm going to implement this on my social media. Or I can go and do this with my team members. Or what would be some tips like, I know you don't want to unpack the whole thing, but like two or three things that people can take away, like that's gold value. Yeah. So again, and I, I'm actually releasing a whole podcast over on my podcast couch chats this week around the fact that I'm not going to sit here and say everyone needs to do X or everyone mm. needs to do ads or everyone needs Good to point. do reels because what I'd encourage everyone to go away like from this podcast and do is say, why am I doing this? Like what, mm. what value um, does this business bring to my life? Is this my idea of success or is this someone else's idea of success? Or is it even my own preconceived idea of success that I've just grabbed from, you know, all <laughs> these places? Like go and unpack that first because mm. no amount of ads is going to solve that issue, right? Totally. Um, and if you can, and if it is, then amazing, then, then go to town on it. And you're going to have so much more motivation and resilience and everything when shit hits the fan. But if it's not, then that's when you give up early or, you know, mm. things don't work out because it's not really not really what you want or why you're doing it. And when people say, what's your why? They're like, oh, I want to solve world hunger and this and that. <laughs> your why comes back to you at the end of the day. Why are you doing it? Yes, that's nice that you can do charity and giving and all of that. But at the end of the day, no amount of charity is going to keep you going when you hate it, you know, when you hate that totally. business. So totally. if if you come back to why you're doing it, whether that's to spend more time with your family, kids, whatever, is your business solving that problem? Because mm. if you want to have a, a global brand where you're on a plane 24-7, well, that's not going to help you spend more time with your kids, you know. So totally. maybe a hobby is better, you know. Mm. But we all mm. decide like that. that we're going to be global and, and scale and make millions of dollars, but that doesn't facilitate the lifestyle that you want. So Totally. 
Yeah, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of pros and cons yeah. to everything you do. Like the pro, yeah, great, got a, a, a world known brand, but the con is you're probably hardly going to be home. Yeah. You know, for a long, a big chunk period of time when you're building this thing, like it's not going to happen. And sometimes but, uh, that's a good sacrifice, you know, if that's if that's getting you to your end goal. But if that's not your end goal, then why waste your time? Yeah, you know? don't get into bed with it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, I, I, you know, I've always known sacrifices are important, and mm. you know, many, 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 many sacrifices we've all had over our journey. Uh, but but I I recently come across this quote or, or something, and it's the first time I've ever seen it. You know, and and it said sacrifices are, are like investments to the future to the future you mm-hmm. and i never sort of read it like that i never heard mm-hmm. the two words like sacrifice and investment put together but i thought that was the one of the best explanations of what a sacrifice really is yeah you know if you are going to be making a sacrifice it's for the right reasons mm-hmm. it's for an investment into you like for an investment into the to the future you Definitely. you know that's that's how you should think when you're making a sacrifice we're going to decide if you know going not going night clubbing or not going to a friend's party or yeah flying and spending the last couple of dollars going to melbourne for the perfect photo shoot is that a sacrifice you're willing to make for the future you mm. if it's a yes then it's absolutely an investment if it's a no then it's not an investment it's a it's a bloody distraction yeah yeah um i like it i like it this is good jess I'll, and, and we're, we're really unpacking a lot with your coaching as well and the work you do is it mainly females is it open yeah, to anyone is it mainly e-com mostly females um not mostly e-com, to be honest. Like I get um, probably half and half, mm. um, possibly even more service. Because, I mean, in the service realm, I mean, e-commerce is e-commerce. But then, you know, service, there's so many different formats of that. There's like online businesses, agency models, you know. Totally. Like so many different things. So, yeah, I have a good mixture. And, you know, inside of my membership, there is quite a few um, e-com, but also not. But they all... What I think it is, is they're all kind of on the same level in terms of their goals and their dreams and, and their values in a way, more mm-hmm. so than what product do they, do they have. Totally. Yeah, the, the, the business slash product, mm-hmm. whatever it is, is almost irrelevant. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not that it's irrelevant, totally. but it's, it's ultimately that, that personal journey that people are ready to go on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's one of the best journeys that you can go on as an individual when you really start to work on yourself and have someone like you, you as in Jess, in your corner, really helping you under, understand that. Based on your extensive and well, 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 you know, credited career in the, so far in the e-com space of what you did with the swimwear, and then now into the coaching world, like what's been some of your best lessons? Like what's, you know, something that you've taken away and be like, wow, like, I'm so glad I learned that. Um, the, one of the first hard lessons that I learned was, um, to watch your money. Um, because (laughs) in the first year when I said yes to New York fashion week, and I had to actually design and manufacture a whole new collection when I hadn't really sold the first one, um, because you couldn't take an old collection to New York. So around that time I got to my full-time job and I went to pay for my parking and my card declined. And I was like, ah, must be a mistake. So I logged into my bank and I'd spent all my money, my life savings was gone. And I've always been like a big saver. I've always had, I don't even know how, but I've always had like 20 grand just sitting there since I was like 14, you know, I've worked and I've never really spent anything. I was gone. And I was like, how is this gone? What happened? And I was like (laughs) mentally at a breaking point. I was like burnt out. I didn't even take lunch to work that day because I was too busy. So I was like, I'll buy my lunch. Well, how am I going to buy my lunch if I've got no money? And Mm -hmm. you had to park in this parking lot. It was like $12 a day and if you didn't pay it, 
you're definitely getting a fine. So I had to go in and lie to my colleague and I made up some excuse that my, you know, my app wasn't working for the parking or something. And she saw straight through it, but she gave me the coins anyway. And so that was a pretty valuable lesson because it was a great mindset that I had around saying yes to everything and just like all guns blazing, let's go, go, go. But it's always that old joke, you know, if you work in corporate, it's the finance and the marketing team that always go head to head because marketing's like, yeah, we need to spend all this money in finance. Totally. We're like, <laughs> no. Um, so We haven't got it. Yeah. Mm. So that was something that I just didn't really look at. I was just like, mm. yes, to everything. And to be honest, I figured it out. It all worked out and I figured everything out. Um, and I think that's probably one of the best mindsets. I don't want anyone to hear this and be like, oh, shit, I just better say no to big opportunities, you know, Agreed. say yes and figure it out. Um, you'll find the money, you'll make it, you know, whatever it is. But I wasn't even aware of the situation mm. at all. So mm. that's the mm. problem because if I was aware, I could have made a plan. I could have, you know, f- figured something out a little bit more. So Totally, even earlier. Yeah. yeah, That was the biggest th- lesson that I learned. I think, I think, I think even in like you, and you probably testify to this, like over time you start to develop like educated decisions. Like you can start to still be like, yeah, let's go like full steam ahead. Let's, yes to everything but your yes to everything is a bit of a it's more educated yeah. it's a better approach there's a strategy there's a plan not everything has to have a plan like i can tell you now in all the business i've ever started and created and have i've never actually sat down and done a business plan no, I've i don't know about either. you I, I think you just make it up as you go totally like you can't have a business plan because tomorrow facebook is going to change what they do and all of a sudden everything you had on your plan makes no sense mm-hmm. you know lockdowns who knows what's going to happen with that and everything you have planned doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, it's irrelevant. Like you said in uni, like you were studying marketing and it had nothing to do with digital marketing, mm. which is the biggest thing right now. Yeah. And will be for a very long time, you know. So, um, you know, if you are listening, yeah, keep going for it. Don't say, I shouldn't say don't say no to anything because sometimes you have to say yeah. no. <laughs> Saying no does have some power in it. Uh, but still be, yeah, but free will, know, go for it. What I like to say is if you know it's going to help you, just ignore the money, mm. ignore the time, ignore all the external situations and just ask yourself, is this going to help me right now? Totally. And if it is, then ask yourself, how do I make the money? Or how do you know, how mm. do I how do I make mm. this happen? Um, whereas people often say, Well, how much money do I have? Can't do it. Totally. Then you yeah. then you're just bound mm. by external resources. Totally. Yeah. Well, you're bound by what your bank account yeah. says, yeah. not really what's possible and what's achievable. Mm. Uh, and again, like you said, starting an e-com business is easier than ever before. Getting funding is easier than ever before. Getting money can also be easier than ever before. So you've got everything in your corner. You've got more YouTube videos out there on how to raise capital than ever before. Yeah. Um, so spend a couple of days or a couple of hours watching YouTube videos uh, <laughs> and you might be able to raise some capital to start that business that you really want to start. I want to dive quickly, Jess, and as we start to wrap it up into mm-hmm. a little bit more of your mindset because you, you've really got this strong mindset now mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's something that you've had to work on and we will always continue to work on. But what's your like internal dialogue? What's your self-talk? What's your, you know, how do you speak to yourself? Because your voice is the only voice you'll hear, the voice you hear the most of, you hear it 24-7. It's a lot of work I've been doing on myself, like understanding my self-dialogue. Like, Mm. why do I say these things? Why do I think these things? Why do I feel this way? And I'm trying to really unpack and really rebuild myself. So I'm asking like a lot of other people, like, how is your self like self-talk, your your internal dialogue? Yeah. I mean, like I is said. Some, sorry, is it something that you put attention to? Like, do you have yeah. to work on it? Or do yeah. you feel like you've done the work and it sort of comes naturally now? Yeah, I think there's two parts to this. So, you know, I've always been like a dream big, anything's possible, like let's go for it, you know. That's just been a natural thought pattern. 
like I didn't really consciously think about it. Now that I look back, I'm like, that's why my business was so successful early on. Mm. And people are sort of like, how do you get opportunities or how do you find, you know, these things? I'm like, you make them yourself. Like I've I've always been quite accountable for myself and, and my reality and, you know, anything is possible kind of mindset. But, you know, I've I've when I first started my business, I didn't put my name anywhere. I didn't want anyone to know who I was. I knew that I could do it, but I was obviously worried about judgment or you know, what others might think. And to be honest, when I look back, there was really no conscious thought about it. I was just like, yeah, I don't need to put my name on there. No one needs to know who I am. And I felt more comfortable being being that person. And that's been something that I've been working on more recently and having a lot more awareness around is, yes, I'm an introvert. Yes, I'm more quiet. But that doesn't mean you can't be successful or you can't, you know, succeed. But society tells us, oh, you just need to be louder or you need to, you know, be more friendly or, or more this and that. I'm like... Well, I'm just rather observe and, and listen <laughs> and absorb it all. And then when I do have something valuable to say, it it has more weight because, you know. Totally. So that's something that I've been more conscious around is building up my own confidence. And before I thought confidence meant being an extrovert, I thought I had mm. to jump on and be like, woo, like jumping around <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. I don't have to jump around. I don't have to woo or right. like, you know, shout or do any of this. I can feel have an impact by being quieter or being an introvert. And I did a whole podcast episode on that and I can't tell you the amount of messages that I got well. because no one's talking about it. People are like, here's how to be more confident. Um, just get comfortable with being loud. And I'm like, that's that doesn't it's not do you think it does come back to confidence though but confidence in you in your way in the way that you mm-hmm. want to be confident not I mean, the way that social media tells you yeah it is confident like i feel pretty confident whereas before you know i would have had to know every single thing you're going to ask me on this podcast <laughs> i would have had to practice the weeks like i would have been totally. nervous i just got on you know i had no idea what you're going to talk totally. about um and i can talk you know we've talked here for like over an hour <laughs> Um, So I'm confident in my abilities, in my, you know, knowledge and sharing that and showing up online and things, but it's knowing where your strengths lie and and really working on that. But no one was ever talking about being quieter or being an introvert. Mm. And I I get my energy from being by myself, but people see that as being antisocial. Like I only see my boyfriend on the weekends because I'm like, (laughs) this is my recharge time, you know, during the week and, and we don't currently live together yet, but. You know, so society tells you that that's antisocial or they tell you that you're rude if you, you know, aren't, aren't super friendly. <laughs> and sometimes you can be in that way. But I think no one was talking about you can be confident, but you don't have to be an extrovert. You don't have to be totally loud and, and things like that. So I wanted to make that distinction because even up until the start of this year, you know, people were saying online, oh, you know, be yourself. And I found being myself as being a potty mouth and swearing all the time and, you know, people tell you you can't swear and I found myself and that's, you know, me being myself. And I thought, hmm, does being authentic and being myself mean I've got to start swearing now? And then I was like, maybe that's how you be yourself. You've got to swear. And I was like, why was I even having those thoughts? But that's because I wasn't quite sure and no one was giving me an example that you can be quiet, you don't have to swear, you know, you don't have and you can be confident and still, you know, have an impact. So that was a huge mindset shift that I only, the penny dropped earlier this year. And for so long, I've been trying to be this extrovert when I'm not. So, totally. yeah. And, and you're now probably getting better results. You're probably living happier, more fulfilled, more 
content you are getting. You know, yes, business is getting great results, but personally, you're probably feeling the best you've ever felt. Yeah. Just because you're you and you're confident as you. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think it's becoming more wild, uh, widely known and accepted and explored by people is to do a bit more of this self-development work and maybe it's not craziness anymore. Maybe it's not woo-woo-ness anymore. Maybe it's not, you know, for them over there and that's not for me. It's like there's more to it than the whole whatever the, the, the bad stigma that goes to it. Like there's a real power in, in your world having the confidence. There's a real power in knowing you, knowing your why. Yeah. There's a real power in that that goes beyond the business that you might be in or the career you might be in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've both experienced, mm. like you said, the penny drop for you earlier this year, and I've definitely had that awakening moment or yeah. whatever you want to call it uh, in my world as well. So I like that. Thanks for sharing that as well, Jess. You know, it, it does it does taste courage. It does be confident in yourself to say, well, this is where I was and this is where I am now. And this yeah. is what had to happen for me to realize that. What would you say as we, you know, the last couple of questions, Jess, and this has been absolutely incredible. I'm sure everyone listening and watching is uh, taking tons of notes and getting a lot from it. What would you say as some of your, you know, let's say three, top three habits, non-negotiables, things that Jess does every day, doesn't matter where she is, what's happening, this happens. Mm. Um, sleep. So sleep is like, that's never even been a question for me, really. I'm even in uni when everyone's pulling all-nighters. I was in bed by 10 p.m. Never any later, like 10 p.m., that was it. So sleep has always been important um, to me, except for the couple of times that I got distracted on TikTok. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> but now I've put a ban. My phone locks me out of everything at 9.30. So, uh, oh, wow. That's cool. I can still click ignore, but it it's a bit more than willpower, you know. Totally. <laughs> I'm building that habit. So. That was a that was a great thing that I implemented. Um, but sleep has always been important because you can't do anything if you're tired. Totally. Um, <laughs> so sleep. Yeah. Um, look, there are definitely a lot of things that I could could do more of. But um, yeah, I've been have I have my matcha every morning because I don't drink coffee, so matcha is the one for me. And. Okay. I try and get out in the sunshine whenever I can, you know, even if I've got a chair at the front door because this only part the sun is, and I'll go and sit in my pyjamas or whatever I want to do, you know. I don't really care what people think anymore, but I'll go Absolutely. and sit in the sun um, whenever I can. So get good sleep, have your matcha, and get some sunshine. Yep. It's just, I like it. It's kind like of it. crazy because, like, you know, maybe two years ago or something, you might, I might have said something different, but sounds like pretty simple these are the simple things that we've come to appreciate which is really nice you know what jess again as i get so much older as a 30 year old right now um it's it's the same thing like you really start to appreciate and grateful for the small things like it's not yeah it's crazy again we could talk for hours on the whole i I know we're really like getting into a real vibe now because if we don't stop this then we're going to probably run out of computer space (laughs) and put this bloody this this thing on um to then get out to the people but we could almost do another 10 episodes but it really does come back to the you know that appreciation the gratitude the small things uh and i think that real one thing that i could probably take away from this is that that work on yourself Mm. you know like even when i asked you some tips on business you went straight back to the why are you doing this yeah you know so it really does come back to that individual reasoning that individual experience that you want to create for yourself in your own world whatever that might look like last question from me jess to you is if i when i say the words like be great to you like what does that mean like what does be great mean to you um i think it's just 
kind of what we spoke about, like showing up as the best best you, you know, um, showing up in your relationships, in your business, in in your own self, um, and, you know, just being the best version of you. I love it. I love it. Jess, this has been incredible. Thank you. Um, I'm sure everyone out there listening is ready to uh, end this episode, but they don't want to end it. They're, we're now going to wrap it up for them because uh, they've got so much they want to do and so much work they want to learn and they definitely mm-hmm. want to go and suss out and check out more of you. So where is the best way for people to learn more about, one, the coaching side of it, uh, and obviously, two, how to get in touch with you? Yeah, so my Instagram is probably the best place. It's just at jess.wilmson8 um, because I have a very common name apparently. So (laughs) (laughs) I have to have that eight on there. Um, But that's the best place. Like, honestly, my DMs are always open. I'm, you know... I've had people DM me before that. and they're like, oh my gosh, you actually replied. Like, I reply to everyone. Unless of course I did. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> so um, connect with me there. I have like links to everything in my bio, but um, that would be good. Or if you want to hear more from me, I have my own podcast over on Couch Chats. Um, you just search Couch Chats and it should come up. <laughs> Love it. I'll put your website in there. I'll put it all in the show notes for people as well so they can go all the links. So if you are listening, just head to the show notes uh, and you'll see all the, the links there and you'll be able to click through to Jess's Instagram and podcast and also her website, which is um, really cool. But yeah, I would definitely suggest getting in touch with Jess if you're, even if you're a young female that really wants to get into the game, someone that's done it, someone that did it five years ago when it's probably a lot harder. Um, and someone that's got runs on the board. That's why I got a lot of respect, Jess, like I said at the start, like you got runs on the board. It's not a course you did and you're just like, hey, let me come and teach you. It's like, yeah, yeah I did the course, but I've also implemented, yeah. I've got this. I like, love that you is- said that because I'm just seeing, I'm getting actually messages from so many people. They're like, hey, Jess, I want to be a business coach and I'm currently working in corporate, never had a business ever. And you won't believe how many messages I get like this. And I'm like, nice, but what could you teach people instead? Be a totally. coach about what you're expert in because mm. everyone's seeing this lucrative thing, but it's not lucrative if you if you don't have results or you don't, you know, you can't 100%. provide people value. So um, be an expert in what you're an expert in. And once you've gained some experience in different things, then definitely expand yeah. and we can always continue to pivot and change. But Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Go pass it on after that. Yeah. yeah. Pass it on then. Teach people yeah. your lessons and your learnings and your mistakes mm. um, over the journey. So, now nah, again, Jess, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, it's been great. Absolutely great. I uh, can't wait to get to catch up in person again. Yeah. Again, who knows when that might be. Um, but I'm sure when that happens, we'll have lots to talk about. And, hey, mm. the way we finish this episode, I'm sure there'll be an, uh, an episode number two. Uh, where we can dive deeper into a bit more mindset stuff and really help people unlock whatever it is that's in their way. Uh, but we'll chat offline about that. Awesome. For sure. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much. All right, much, Jess. Jenny. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, everyone else out there as well listening, thank you for tuning in uh, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us on that episode. What an incredible one it was. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Remember, make today count and be great.